1: When I did Dancing with the Stars, my mantra for the entire season was life begins at the end of your comfort zone and giving yourself permission to come away from the comfort zone. Get uncomfortable. That's okay, But you have to give yourself permission for that. And that's why I said earlier, there's a sense of vulnerability that comes with that. And then you start getting in your head about it which is why the trust comes in. Rhonda and Adrian both saying to me, yeah, that take you were in your head. Get get out of your head. Stop coming outside yourself to look and analyze what you're doing. Because if you're doing that, then you're not with me right here. If I'm out there with these people looking at this interview and going, oh, I hope my hair is cute. Oh, my pants are this. Oh, my jacket. Oh, he is so cool in real life. I mean, you know, if I'm if I'm doing all that, then I'm not right here Mm. with you in this conversation.
0: Kim Fields is an actress I grew up watching. She was tootie on the facts of life playing a young black girl who was just a smidge older than me when there weren't that many black people on TV. I remember watching her and feeling like, wow, it's so cool that she's on TV. Then she grew up and became part of another iconic show, Living Single. Now she's a mom and still an actress and a director. And she's got a new Christmas movie on Lifetime called You Light Up My Christmas. And in this conversation, we get deep about her feelings, her life, her work, everything. It surprised me how deep we ended up getting as the episode went on. Stick with us. It's Kim Fields on Torre Show. My God, it is so nice to meet you. It's so
1: nice to meet you.
0: Because you are part of my conception, my original conception (laughs) of like just black people on TV. (laughs) I mean, Thank I remember you. catching maybe the first, maybe the second episode of Facts of Life. I'm mm. like, oh my God, a black person on TV. <laughs> and she's like, my age. And oh my God, and she's cute. Oh my God, like, what is this? This is amazing. And it was a different time. There yeah. weren't black people all over the place yeah. when you were coming up. Mm-hmm. Um what was it like for you? Because I know you, you you come from a showbiz yeah. family, right? Yeah. So it wasn't completely. But what was it like for you being this little kid? And it, Facts Life isn't even your first no. thing.
1: No. You were a it was veteran was not my, was not my first time at the rodeo.
0: So, mm-hmm. so how was how that just sort of coming into being
1: yeah. a
0: television person as a little kid when there weren't that many black people doing it?
1: Um, you didn't notice from that standpoint because you're, at least for me, because I was so young, you know, so it wasn't um a, 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 as much of an awareness of there's really nobody that looks like me. And honestly, um, when I first got started, Danielle Spencer, who played D on What's Happening. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, and Danielle and I um, kind of grew up together here in New York. Before we both moved out to um LA with our families, um her, her stepdad and my mom went to acting school together. Okay. Um, and so, you know, she she was around, so I had a point of reference, but it wasn't as consciously, you know, aware in terms of there's another black girl. Um and I wasn't raised to see color like that, quite honestly. You know, it's just everybody's everybody. Sure. Um so by the time it was just me. You know, it was mostly about being a good person. My mom raised me to be very professional um, and not be a little jerk of a kid, you know, and, and that type of working actor. We didn't use phrases like child star until I was grown and kind of then, you know, in hindsight. Um, so there was always a groundedness to my life. Um, and And in a way, because I also was treated— equal, you know, uh, on the show. Um, And with my first series being Baby, I'm Back. Um, And so I was in a black family unit. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I just, I I wasn't taught to think in those terms. How old were you when
0: Facts of Life started?
1: When Facts started, I was nine, age nine to 18.
0: Wow. Wow. And Baby, I'm Back, I was eight. Really grew up. Yes. Right in front of us. (laughs) Um, It felt like that. And So how did it start? how did you get the job?
1: facts of life yeah um i I auditioned for it um I had done the um like i said the 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 bay band back series for a season on c b s uh and um I auditioned, and when I went into the room, dude, I promise you, I saw like just all these girls who didn't look like me, and they were older, they you know what I was in you know brought up in the culture to believe was you know the pretty girls and um I didn't see anybody that looked like me. I mean, even black, white, or otherwise. Just you no. Know, I was the I was the scrawny, tiny. I was a small little girl, um, and you know, my my teeth. I had an overbite, and I mean, it's just. I wanted to go home, and I told my mom, "Uh, uh-uh. not gonna work. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no. Let me let me go home." And I had just done that when I went in to do the Mrs. Butterworth audition for the that commercial. Yep. And Janet was there. And, you know, she was on those summer specials um, that her family used to do. And again, it was like a oh my God, no, I gotta go home. I don't look, that's her. That's her. Because She was a superstar
0: and from absolutely, early, early. Absolutely.
1: Early. And I was a fan of hers. Yeah. And so I mm-mm. And my mom, she took me into the bathroom and she says, don't ever let anyone or anything intimidate you, even if they're not doing anything and it's in your mind. Don't let that take hold. You go and you just be the best you that you can be. And I, I mean, for decades, I still, you know, will carry that advice with me if there are times when. You know, now we we, we call it insecurities. Mm-hmm. You know, but when those insecurities creep in, I'm I'm you know um I've had therapy, so I'm not that same little girl anymore. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, of course. <laughs> but you know, to be able to still go back to that that soundbite in my mind mm-hmm. in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and there were years, you know, in the um in the eighties and especially in the nineties when, um, some of the black movies were starting to come out Mm -hmm. and I would go on auditions and, you know, you see all the usual suspects. Hey Tisha, Hey Jada, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and pump myself up with, you know, good thoughts from my mom and, (laughs) you know, and not get, um, my, get in my own way and not get in my own head. So anyway, back to facts of life. So I, um, My mom took me to the bathroom, gave me the same pep talk, and uh, I did the audition. And none of the characters were, it never said like, you know, um, 2D, age 12, African American, none of that. And so um, they liked what I did, but I was a small nine to play 12. And so they said, how can we make you taller? And they said, can you roller skate? Um, yeah, what am I going to do, say no and lose the gig? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, I can roller skate. (laughs) So they went and bought some skates. They put me in uh, the rehearsal hall, had me skate around a bit, and, uh... The rest is history. I literally. mean, yeah
0: that that she was roller skating <laughs> in and out of the scenes yes. that like stood out of like mean, yes. made you sort of pop a, a, along with being cute and right. black. And, but like, <laughs>
1: thank you. She's yes. roller skating with the pigtails yeah. and mm-hmm. like it was,
0: it was it was a it was a whole thing.
1: It was a whole thing.
0: How did you? I mean, how did you maintain the professionalism of being nine and ten and having to learn the lines and yeah. you know? And it wasn't just. It, it, I mean, like you had to say the lines in a certain way, be mm-hmm. cute, be funny. Like, I yeah. mean, how did you do all that at such a young age?
1: Um, I, I, I studied. You know, um, not study, but to keep ourselves entertained. Um, the kids that none of our parents could afford babysitters when our parents were in acting classes. So that's how I met Danielle, and you know, uh, a whole the whole lot of us. And um, so you just kind of learn, and we would do little plays and and things like that. But um doing um the commercial where you first start learning lines doing uh, the the baby on back series you know where you learn you learn your lines that sort of thing just I, and i was around my mom you know my mother i would see her um Rehearse her lines or go to um, see her perform when she was out here on Broadway uh, with Pearl Bailey and Hello, Dolly. So being being around it, you know. And my mother was not a stage mother. So she wasn't like, you know, learn your lines, read your script. And she just made sure that I was a good kid. Yeah. She never stopped parenting.
0: Did you... I know you didn't use the phrase child star, but mm-hmm. surely you were getting recognized all the time. Yes. Did you feel iconic? Did you feel like I'm a star?
1: No, didn't feel iconic because um, that would come much later when other people would put that moniker on me. But even now, I, I feel like a working actor. Um, I, I don't feel iconic. I understand and I'm grateful that people – have that, they, they look at me through that lens, but, um, my mom had said a long time ago, you know, don't, don't start believing the hype because there's hype, you know? And, and I understand how fans regard my body of work, um, they, and the characters and the shows that those characters were in, um. They resonate with them in a in a way that's beyond just being entertaining. Mm-hmm. So I I I'm, I'm I have a lot of clarity when it comes to how fans see me and how the industry sees me, um, so that my head stays on straight and well, so well, has sanity.
0: What is that? How does the how do the fans see you, as you're saying?
1: Yeah, so it's 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 this sentiment of, um, you know, I love you, this sentiment of I'm not a stranger to them. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately like family because they've allowed me into their living room since I was seven. And so for several generations, we've grown up, you know, together, or, you know, they were grown and watched me grow up, that sort of thing. So there's a familiarity that's very surreal. Um, and it's based upon... Their total experience with shows like Facts of Life and Living Single, um, their experience of— when when men say to me, my sisters and I, my family, we used to watch your show. Yep. When taxi drivers and 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 other um, people that I've encountered that are, are not from here, and the first thing he says, I learned how to speak English wow. watching your wow. show. Wow. You know, and those sorts of things. So I get the place that it comes from. That some actual life lessons were learned. You know, and 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 you you went through because we were going through them. People who wore braces. People who had challenges with their body image and, you know, developing and puberty and all the things that we were in the fishbowl going through. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they, they have that real f- familiarity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I mean when I say I, I see when they say I love you, the, the place that it comes from. Because otherwise, it's like, you don't know me. You know, but they feel they do. But they feel they do. Absolutely. And because not only have I been those characters, I've been in the media since I was a kid. And and the media certainly has, as we all know, grown into the, you know, the 800 pound gorilla that it is today. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they still have, you know, at any point you can Google me and you don't know what age I'm going to be when you, when that thing opens up.
0: True, true. <laughs> um so, yeah, there's been at least two iconic shows that you've been part of, not mm-hmm. just Facts, but also Living Single, yes. which is so beloved by so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that come about? Was that, is it is it that like, oh, everybody knows her from Facts of Life, so let's, let's.
1: Not, not to my knowledge. So um, the way Living Single unfolded for me, um, I was, um Looking to uh, do a, a romantic comedy. The show Mad About You had just kind of started. And I thought, I want to do something like that. Um, smart comedy. It didn't feel sitcom and, you know, those sorts of things. And so I had this, what I thought was this great idea. And my manager said, great, you're going to need a showrunner. And my mom at the time was working on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. She was uh, the coach there. And they had said, Yvette Lee is really, you know, getting her come comeuppance now as, as a showrunner and as a writer. Um, you really should talk to her. And so uh, my mom introduced us, and also we had some other mutual friends. So we got on the phone, and I pitched the idea, and she said, I love it, it's just I'm already in a deal uh, with Fox and Warner Brothers developing a piece for Queen Latifah and Kim Coles. And I went... What kind of combo is that? Good for you. Okay. Because <laughs> it just seemed, how did that pairing happen? Um, and she says, but actually, uh, there's a character that I wrote that um, I, I could hear you in my head as I was writing it. And, I, you know, I, I know you have something that you want to do, but, you know, I'd certainly love it if you would look at this. And so I did. And then I met with the network and with Yvette. And once again, the rest is history.
0: Wow. I mean, like, it's interesting how... It wasn't your idea, but because you had an idea and Mm -hmm. you're shaking the tree, then other things come to you.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So how did it –
0: so that's how it started, started. But then how does it really sort of start to become a thing? Yeah, all that it became.
1: We didn't start out trying to be groundbreaking, you know, and and trailblazing and all of that. Again, all those labels that, you know, lovingly get, and powerfully so, yeah. get placed upon us. But Yvette started out just wanting to write a good show. And here's the thing. She didn't start out trying to write a black show. It was just kind of a, oh, and by the way. And she wrote characters that she knew. And she wrote relatable relationships and situations because Mm. that's what was going on. Um, But she, she, she wanted to make really strong and good TV. Um, And that's the place that, that we came from. And, but with that still staying true to who she was and who those characters were. Um, And it resonated right out of the gate.
0: It sure did. Yeah. It meant so much to so many people who sure. are still willing to watch it. and oh, maybe yeah. it, and it's interesting you say, not trying to write a black show, mm-hmm. but it was. Yeah. Right? It was so black. And just mm-hmm. the interaction and the, mm-hmm. it was it, it it's definitely one of those shows people hope like like just that people think about as like sort of yeah. defining us on TV in that decade.
1: Very much so. And at the same time, Absolutely relatable in terms of storylines and in terms of characters so that even if you were not a black person, you still enjoyed the hell out of it just like everyone else. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is there
0: a story you might be able to tell us that we may not already know from the making of Living Single? You're there with all these amazing women and, uh, you know, making this show and like, you know, take us behind the scenes a little bit. Uh,
1: Well, um, the chemistry... Man, that's so real that that was lightning in a bottle. I mean that what you see is exactly what was what was there. and still is to this day, but what I mean, we're just we were fans of each other's work. Um, we really um enjoyed each other's work and and then enjoyed each other personally. We would hang out all the time. first season, we were always traveling in a pack, the six of us. um and and just really enjoyed getting to know each other. Um, in terms of something that people may not know, um, even though I was the the considered the veteran of, of the group mm-hmm. as, as the actor, um, I was horribly insecure. Why? Because I felt like the five of them were such strong personalities and very they seemed to me so comfortable in their skin, and I felt like I wasn't there yet. So, here I am. I'm the veteran in terms of the gig, but in terms of being a human being and you know finding my voice and who I was and that sort of thing and I also felt like because i was I was brought up to be you know a good girl and very professional and um um my faith and you know just all those things that um I thought it made me very boring mm. and and I've just felt like they they were just so interesting and I wasn't so Mm -hmm. there's your behind the scenes
0: there you go
1: not what you expected (laughs) no
0: but I mean like you know the question the question is tell me something I don't know so I don't know what I don't know um so what did you learn from working with these amazing women
1: and 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 our two dudes I mean just just the 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 five of them I I learned um number one that I wasn't boring and I learned to um really just be who you are, even if you are trying things and, and still growing and evolving as a person, where you are is still where you are, you know, and not to um, take that for granted, you know, not to take that, the journey uh, that you've been on for granted. Um, and, and I learned that I, I had value even though I thought I was boring or even though I thought that my, not that I was boring, that my journey you know, just didn't, it? I wasn't, you know, Dana's from, from you know, Jersey and, and, and just all of that. And then there's Kim Coles and then yeah. there's, you're right, Lativa. Yeah. Um, uh, Erica is, I mean, you know, Erica Alexander and, and just all her Erica Alexander-ness. <laughs> um, and John was, you know, the brother from Cleveland and he was a stand-up and TC was this jazz cat. And it's like, and here's Kim Fields, you know. Kim Fields, who
0: <laughs> they all grew up watching.
1: Yes, but they knew characters, and so you know, Kim feels I didn't. I didn't feel defined. I didn't feel defined. But it's like, okay, but you're in your twenties, so so that's that's when definition really starts, at least for me.
0: Mm-hmm. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door, thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash so about acting in general, because, you know, like you come from this acting family, mm-hmm. so you must have a lot of thoughts on it. I know actors will listen to this and mm-hmm. say, you know, like, give me some advice or whatever. Yeah. So what does it take to be a good actor?
1: Oh, um, it takes a lot of honesty. It takes a lot of vulnerability. Um in its own way, it takes a lot of discipline. And I say it that way because you obviously have very successful actors who are not disciplined at all. Um, but don't get it twisted. They may not be disciplined in their lifestyle, but they're disciplined, you know, on, on set and and about the work. To me, um, it's all about the craft. You know, um, doing this Christmas movie, um, one of the big things You'd about... You'd light up Hayden's- my Christmas? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Well... Um, one of the big things that, uh, as executive producer and speaking with Rhonda Baraka, who directed the film, she kept saying, "Whoever's going to play opposite you has to come with it. They have to. They have to match you. It can't be some, you know, some singer who everybody knows but can't act. It can't be some, some, some new guy that and, and just can't act, but he looks it. It really has to be somebody that can can really hold his own with you, um, and that you don't." inadvertently or unintentionally swallow up because you're bringing all this experience and and this passion for the craft. Um, so I'm saying that to say, like working with Adrian Holmes, who ended up playing the the leading man, um, we talked a lot about acting and the craft and what it takes to really be grounded and to to be again honest. Because people, especially nowadays, audiences are so savvy. Mm. And so they can tell when it's disingenuous, you know, and um, and manufactured. Uh, and so doing the work and allowing yourself permission to be open to whatever is coming your way, you know, not to be so set like, I know I'm going to say, my line this way. I'm going to have this look on my face when I do. And then I'm going to use my ABC drama whisper voice when I do this part. And then I'm going to give, you know what I mean? (laughs) And just like be in the moment and, and really study though to, I mean, even the Bible says study to show thyself approved but being able to know that you know what you're doing. That way you can be open when other people who know what they're doing are doing the dance with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't think about it scientifically, right? Like, oh, I'm going to do this voice here in yeah. this space. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Kind of, exactly. kind of like you do, but but there are people who, you know, it's like, um, um, oh, uh, um, uh, Hollywood shuffle. Do you remember that? Yeah, yes. Robert Towns—an yes, amazing absolutely. film. Absolutely, amazing film. But that sequence when all the guys are getting ready for that audition—the
0: Eddie Murphy audition—yes, and you mm-hmm. keep trying
1: and doing your lines different way and all that. That's that's real. That's a real part of the process. Sure. And so then when you actually book the gig, and you're like, okay, so I'm gonna say my line like this, and you know, I feel like my character would be this. And after you kind of plot it all out, then you have to throw it all away and just see what happens. And so, again, I say being open, being a really good listener is a tremendous asset when you're an actor.
0: I mean, it's an art form. So what makes one person great and another person just good at it?
1: In my opinion, um, it's how far they're willing to go. You know, how far they're willing to, how, how deep are they willing to dive in? And um,
0: into, character, into character, into truth, into... Into all
1: of it. In, into the character, into the truth of the character, um, into the situations of the character, um, creating, if it's not given to you, the um, the layers of backstory for the character, um, listening and trusting, trust the people. Adrian and I had an enormous amount of trust with one another, and we both trusted Rhonda, the director, you know, so, so it was just a very open playing field. Um, but you have to have that. I can't tell you how frustrating it is as an actor and as a director. Oh, my God, especially as a director. <sighs> when I'm working with actors who don't trust me, ooh, Jesus. Mm, that, ooh, that What right does that there. look
0: like? I want to get to how you became a director. But, <laughs> but so, so you're saying, hey, can we try it like this? And they're saying, no, I don't think that's going to work.
1: Oh, that's what you mean. No, it's not quite as um, – on the nose like that, you know, you go and you say, that was great. Let's do another take. And, you know, and then you give them the adjustments that you want and they say, okay. And then they do the exact same thing. <laughs> and it's like, um, may, maybe I didn't explain it right. Let me try. Let Maybe it's me. Maybe it's my fault. Let me try another way to get you to where we're trying to get you. And no, you know, and then you have certain, uh, certain actors who they have their go-tos and it's like okay but that's not what we what we need right now you are pretty so i don't need you to play pretty you're black or you're asian you're a woman so i don't need you to play th- those things that you already are so now let's dig into our bag of craft not our bag of tricks and let's pull out some real work
0: well, what is the difference between tricks and craft
1: i knew when i said that and i saw your face and you started <laughs> scribbling that you was going to follow up with that <laughs> um, to me the difference is there's there's your go-tos you know it's almost like you know when you go to a party or something like that and you have your dance moves that you know these are my 3 this, that's it, you know, versus, oh, you know what? I'm going to just let loose and just, you know what I mean? So it's just different where you just kind of know these are my go-tos. This is my staple. This is what I do. And I'm not going to come outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. When I did Dancing with the Stars, my mantra for the entire season was life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And giving yourself permission to come away from the comfort zone. Don't be, get uncomfortable. That's okay. But you have to give yourself permission for that. And that's why I said earlier, there's a sense of vulnerability that comes with that. You know, and and then you you, you start getting in your head about it, which is why the trust comes in. <laughs> Rhonda and Adrian both saying to me, yeah, that take, you were in your head. Come, get, get Get out of your head. Stop stop coming outside yourself to look and analyze what you're doing. Because if you're doing that, then you're not with me right here. If I'm out there with these people looking at this interview and going, oh, I hope my hair is cute. Oh, my pants are this. Oh, my jacket. Oh, he is so cool in real life. I mean, you know, if I'm I'm doing all that, then I'm not right here Mm. with you in this conversation. Mm -hmm. That's the difference.
0: It's interesting because – I have that as well. I want to not just read the questions that Mm -hmm. I have, but be in the moment and be like, ooh, the tricks versus crafts thing. That was Mm -hmm. interesting. And as a non-actor, I don't even know what that means. Right. So am I listening to her and asking her about that? Yes. And, you know, the dream is sort of like don't have any notes Mm -hmm. and just listen for an hour and just talk organically. Yes. Which is hard and scary and like (laughs) what if she finishes talking and she's looking at you like what's next (laughs) and I don't have anything next Mm -hmm. but I do strive to be in the moment to be like oh that thing you said was really interesting I didn't Mm -hmm. write a note about that because I Mm -hmm. didn't know about that but I want to hear more about that right and it's 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 really important for an artist of any sort to be in the moment and not be doing it technically in your head.
1: Mm -hmm. But it's also active listening. Mm -hmm. You are actively listening and we are engaging with one another. And that, to me, is a part of being a good actor. Being engaged with whomever you're in the scene with, whether it's one-on-one or a bunch of people, whatever it may be. But here's the thing, too. You gave yourself permission. You weren't concerned about the clock. You weren't concerned about, no, let me get to my next question. You gave yourself permission after you heard something because you were listening to then say, I want to ask about that. That's that's, again, part of the craft of what you do versus the tricks of I'm going to sit here. I'm going to nod three times because that's important. And then I'm going to use my pen and act like I wrote something. And now here's the next question. You ain't listening to anything I said mm-hmm. because you're doing your 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 routine of it.
0: And we're having an organic conversation. Yes. If we were acting, somebody has told us: you say this line, you say this line, you say this line, mm-hmm. and maybe we've done it now ten times mm-hmm. between today and yesterday in rehearsal. Right. So to bring originality to yes. it becomes really hard.
1: Well, that's the magic. Yeah. There is magic involved. I have to say there is. There is that sense of surprise him. Surprise her. On this take, do something slightly different. On this take, brush the hair away from his glasses or move her jacket collar out of her face. Or, you know, there's little things where you you're you're still there, but you can surprise someone with just little things that don't change everything and throw <laughs> the person up like cut, what was that? You know, not not like but that.
0: The tone is a little different.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Nuances come into play. Um, being able to like in, in the, in you light up my Christmas, Adrian and I were doing the scene and we'd done it a few times and Rhonda would take one of us to the side and then the other. And whatever she said to him, we came back and did the scene and he, he kind of the same lines, but he, he changed how he was delivering. And, and it was, it it was like just at this other level of intensity which then, of course, triggered me to have to respond to that, and then there's magic,
0: right? Because mm-hmm. you're listening, yes. you're engaged. Exactly. So if he's going to do it differently.
1: Exactly. I have to
0: do it differently. That's right. If I'm listening.
1: Exactly. Yes. And I, if I'm good, and I'm 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 pretty good. I'm pretty good. <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs>
0: who are who are who are the great actresses to you? Who you kind of look at and like? I've learned from her. I could take a page from her. Mm-hmm. I look up to her. Sure. Or him.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm an old movie buff, so I love the classics. Um, and I've I've learned a lot from watching uh Katherine Hepburn mm. in films, um, comedy and drama. Uh, throughout like I think I've seen everything that she's ever done. Um, Cary Grant is another one, um, comedy, drama um their their style of storytelling was was different um than what we do today in some ways um and and just their awareness of the camera and how you know your face really tells a story and my face i'm told I have very expressive eyes. I'm told my face can give me away. I'm told I'm a horrible po- poker player. I'm told, how are you an actor? Because you can't seem to hold your face for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all that to say, um, you know, just just how the camera and you are in a relationship as well and, and really understanding the dynamics of that. And then directing has certainly helped. Um, Billy Wilder is one of my favorite directors uh, from the classics. Um, In terms of current uh, actors, of course, Meryl Streep, um, just because she's such, one, a chameleon. Mm -hmm. Um, I really can appreciate actors who do the do and and become different characters. You know, that's what drew me to acting as a child, because I was a very shy child. I wasn't, you know, one of those performers and you know, look at me, mm -mm, I'm very shy. Still to this day, I prefer to be in the back and, you know, just observe a room and that sort of thing. Um, But the characters and creating the characters, the craft of creating characters, that's what, you know, drew me in as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I see actors doing that, those are the beasts to me, you know, who... uh, and, And there's nothing wrong with, you know, some people it's like... You make a career off of a, t- of a certain character type, great, and that's that's fine. That's a part of our industry as well. But in terms of what really you know resonates with me, um, are those actors that really can add those layers to be um, another character, another another human being?
0: Yeah, those are the two big poles that I see. The people who are like. I am compelling and interesting and I'm gonna show up each time and mm-hmm. be that and mm-hmm. you'll like it. Mm-hmm. Um and then the people who can transform yes. each time out and mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I didn't recognize you from the previous yeah. piece. Yeah. Um and th- and they're both valuable and they're both important.
1: Very much so. And you know, there I used to, when I was younger, I used to think that oh men had it so much easier to transform because they can do different things with facial hair and they can do different things with eyebrows and of course hair, you know, and I felt like women we didn't have quite as many um ways to transform. Mm, um so- I've grown as a person, so I, I don't think that anymore. Um, but but I definitely even even with this character, uh, Emma for, for the Christmas movie You Light Up My Christmas. Um, I actually had uh, our team do a documentary, uh, a little short digital documentary on designing Emma so that people could really kind of move the veil back and see what it takes, at least for me and my team, to design a character Hmm. and the thought process and the teamwork that goes into creating a character. And you start with your hair and then your makeup and your wardrobe, because again, walking into the theaters and seeing all of those artisans at work at Hello Dolly or some of the other shows my mom did. That's my my first, you know, in to all of this. And being able to go, okay, I know a lot of people are going to think, oh, Regine's in a Christmas movie. No. So let's, <laughs> you know, let's not have jet black hair. Um, things that we can do to, you know, kind of help move people away from what they know in terms of Kim Fields um, and really give them a new character to hopefully fall in love with. And
0: a lot of actors have said to me that when they get the clothes, mm-hmm. then they feel like, yeah. now I am her mm-hmm. or him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Is that a big, is that a trigger for you? That's like,
1: definitely a trigger. Yes. Um, the clothes, the makeup, the hair, uh, all of that, you know, um, bone straight versus having texture. Um, what color hair? Um, uh, uh, what type of makeup she's a professional working woman so she doesn't have a lot of time to look like she's been beat by a makeup artist every time we see her um, her clothing you know Rhonda wanted specifically that, that she's very high style high fashion so when she goes back to her small town it's like oh she hasn't been here she's moved away from this mm-hmm. kind of vibe for a minute so absolutely you know you feel for me all of those elements can help with the character and tell the story. So, for example, uh, when we meet Emma, her father has passed recently. And so when she goes back home to her small town to sell the family home and she sees um, his hat and coat still by the front door, when she and her uh, her her love interest go to get the Christmas tree, I had said, Let, let's use the hat and coat that was her father's because it shows that kind of connection that she still has and that a lot of people, when they're dealing with loss, you know, that's, that's very fresh. Um, that may be something that resonates with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you take class?
1: I have not recently, um, but I, 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 used to, yes. Even like when I was doing living single, that was kind of the last, um, the last uh, time that I, I was really in a class. Um, a dedicated class. You don't yeah. feel like you need it anymore. Oh, see, see how you do. That's no, not I was, what no, I no, said. No, 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 no. Beth, I I you know mean, what? No. I didn't mean anything <laughs> by
0: that. So <Some> people <laughs> feel like I have so much experience that I don't need no, to do that anymore. No,
1: I, 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 no, I, I never will feel like I, I don't have anything else to learn or anything else to brush up on or work on. Um, you can talk to the greatest musicians, and they will still practice even if they're not in a class. So I, I feel like that. right now, it's just mostly scheduling. um, but I'm still always learning. I learned from other actors. I learned so much from Adrian. I learned uh, so much as a director from from working with Rhonda.
0: Well, where did your uh, where did the desire to be a director start?
1: My mother said, you better have a backup plan case you grow up and you ain't a cute kid (laughs) who's spitting out spitting out one-liners you better have a backup plan and 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 work that plan
0: she said that Um, too as a kid
1: yes yes and that is harsh you know as that again my mother's very loving mother um but the truth of the matter is you know having a backup plan and so um but I also I, I was a crew baby you know, growing up. I loved hanging out with the crew. Um, if there were breaks, I wasn't in my dressing room. I was sitting, you know, by the cameras and learning from my crew, my, my crew members. And they've all taught me so much um, about their, you know, their jobs and things like that. So that was something that I always loved anyway. Uh, but then like when college rolled around, And I said, oh, mom, I want to be an English major. And my mom was like, okay, but I'm going to still need you to have a backup plan. And that doesn't really sound like one. So what else are you interested in? Um, And so I double majored in broadcast journalism and TV and film production. And I minored in religion. And again, it was just that sense of I wanted to, number one, know more about my industry because I have such a heart and passion for my industry, Uh, And then just learning everything I can about all facets of it. Um, But really in terms of like gigging as a director, uh, that jumped off in the 90s. Um, I was fresh out of college, graduated class of 90, uh, and I... Was seeing, you know, like the Spike Lee and God rest his beautiful soul, John Singleton, and um, that was a moment, um, right?
0: Because yeah. the Maddie Rich exactly. also oh, look
1: at you bringing up Matty. Right?
0: Well, he was great, straight out of Brooklyn. Look at you. Bring at was hot, Ridge. Right? Absolutely, and the, Hughes brothers, and the Hughes brothers. Excuse me, the Hudlin yes, the brothers. H- no, I know who is, you meant. Right, yes, right. exactly.
1: But I was But the Hughes, the Hughes brothers, brothers, brothers came too. A yes. little later, a little but, bit later. But, yeah, but the Hudlins and um and I just I, well, two things happened. One, um, I was inspired. Um, but two, and I wasn't Dash. getting and Julie Dash exactly. Um, but I wasn't getting hired. People had this sense of. Well, she's been on TV. She's good. She don't need a job right now. I'm going to give these new people, you know, and the people who don't really get a break, I'm going to give them a shot. So it's like, I can um, still use a shot. Hello, I, mean, hello, know, I still need to you work. You know, I still need to work. I can still entertain. Um, exactly. Um, and so myself, Malcolm Jamal Warner, and Blair Underwood. So the three mm. of us, because we were, you know, these 80s TV folks, and we were out in L.A., so like all the cool, edgy black projects that were coming up like nobody was checking for us you know they put Blair and Crush Groove but I mean (laughs) yeah I brought Crush Groove out (laughs) um yeah but but we weren't we weren't we weren't tapped at all to do any of of uh, be a part of that narrative um and so we were like you know what we just let's start directing ourselves and so um took um more classes at AFI um, was, you know, like I said, I had my degree and we linked up with a production company. And so with the three of us, we started doing music videos and that's where we met the Hughes brothers, um, and, and directed short films. So Blair did a short film that I was his second, second AD on. I did a short, Blair directed some Tony Terry videos and I went to, you know, observe and be in editing and we just started directing. And then once Living Single happened, Um, by year, I think two or three, I directed a couple of episodes. Um, so that's, that's really kind of how it all kind of snowballed into me actually booking gigs as a, as a director. It just came from nobody was, was checking for me.
0: And that's such a classic story of like, you know, I want to be deeper in the business. Yes.
1: Do it myself. Yeah, absolutely. How did it help you
0: grow as an actor learning Mm. that side? Um, what does eating healthy mean to you? T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash Thrivemarket.com slash Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot
1: uncovers hidden insights... You're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com/slash
0: AI for all.
1: It, 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 it certainly helped me in terms of, again, the relationship between actor and camera, mm-hmm. um, and really having that awareness of angles, um, having that awareness of lenses um, and camera movement and you know, dancing with the camera. Um, and so it it just really took my awareness uh to a to a different level.
0: hmm So how'd you get into you light up my Christmas? How did that begin?
1: Uh I've had a really wonderful relationship with Lifetime for um several years now. And so we had a project in development and then um, Uh, They said, you know, um, here's a writer that we really like, and she's got uh, this movie that we like. Um, Give it a read if it's something that you want to do. We really want to have you on the air this year. And that meant a lot to me. You know, that's that's I'm sorry. I don't care how long you've been in the industry. That means a lot to hear a network executive say that to you. Um, and so we read the script and uh, really liked it. I mean, really, really liked it. And they let us have a voice um, that they actually listened to uh, in terms of helping to massage and develop it to, you know, the the next draft. And when everybody signed off on it, they're like, OK, great. So go up to Vancouver and, <laughs> and you're going to be there for six weeks um, and let's start pre-production. And it really just, I mean... It went very, very fast. It went very fast.
0: You have a 12-year-old and a 6-year-old?
1: Yes. Is it hard to be away from the kids for six weeks? I'm not. They're right there with me. Oh, wow. <laughs> they are right there. They are right there with me.
0: So they get tutored or you do it in the summer or?
1: No, so we do um, a uh, we do homeschool and so the tutor Skypes with They're them. They're
0: homeschooled? Yes. They don't go to school at all?
1: Not, I mean, they used to, but, you know, just when the work came up the way that it has recently, um, we were able to transition them still, you know, corresponding with their school, but pretty much how I grew up, you know, where you have your school that you're still reporting back to, but you have your tutor, Um, their tutors based out of Georgia. So we would do Skype sessions um, and then supplement either I'm helping out with some of the schooling or my husband, Chris. Um, or the um, lo- like in um, Vancouver, we have a wonderful local sitter there, um, and so she was able to, you know, do some of the supplemental stuff, taking them to museums and the science museum, and just different things like that. Wait,
0: so you never went to a normal school in terms of grade school?
1: I actually did. So, like out here, I went to PS ninety two, and yay! <laughs> <Hey! laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, for the people in the back. Until
0: what grade?
1: Well, b- we moved to Los Angeles. So that was just um, kindergarten, either kindergarten and or first grade. But it was it was short. Um, but uh, I had the tutor because I was working. Um, but by the time I got to my junior year of high school, I decided I wanted to go to high school and have and just experience high school Dude, I'm so glad I did. It was great. And it really what high again Burbank High School. I was in LA, so Burbank High. Um and it That's really That's
0: like a actor high, right? Like not, kids not and actors like that. and not,
1: okay. not I mean, because of its its location in Burbank, there are people like Ron Howard went there, Anson Williams went there, but it's not like like um a it's children's not a profession. Arts right, exactly. Right, right, right. Um and and just being able to have that total High school experience was fantastic. And I'm so glad I did because I was in it. And I was normal again, you know, like I wasn't rolling up to school in my Porsche and security was with me and all that. Maybe I had the when I first first got my license, um, I got the hand me down car of a Honda Accord mm-hmm. and the um that was my radio. First car. Honda Accord. No <laughs> and doubt. the radio had been stolen out before I before me. Um, and so, uh, Alexis, my little sister had just been born and she had one of those Fisher Price tape players. Oh no. And so I had the Winans, Commission and Sade. Sade.
0: Sade. That was my trifecta
1: right there on my little tape record. I mean, my play, um, Wait, no, I had a
0: Honda Prelude. It was silver. Yes, that was
1: the cousin. Mine was silver too. And it had
0: Purple tinted windows, which was not my choice. We bought it used, okay. and I got teased relentlessly you at should've. school. You should have. <laughs> that was not my choice. It was the only car my mom would afford for me. was so like great. It, it, you know, it cost like nothing, and she's yes. like, great. I, yes. so I'm like, I could afford it. Like, <laughs> so wait, so do you? So, so you did two years of of, of traditional schooling and mm-hmm. homeschooling, or set schooling school. before mm-hmm. that. Yes. Do you feel like you got? a sufficient education from the set schooling.
1: Very much so. You have to, when you are a working professional child, whether it's an actor or as an athlete, you have to keep a certain GPA um, and you have to meet certain requirements. Um, and the benefit for me was um, it's because it's so concentrated, you actually end up going at a bit of an accelerated pace. Okay. Um, and so I actually took seventh and eighth grade together. Okay. So I got out a year early. But that kind of discipline also helped me in college so that I graduated in three and a half.
0: Where'd you go to college? Pepperdine. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um so real housewives? Can we talk about that?
1: <laughs> if you want to, but don't look so pained. I wish you could see his face. Oh, poor just well no, I mean,
0: <laughs> I don't know how it is for you. I mean, I know if you do a project just for one year. Yeah. And something like that, Mm -hmm. you probably didn't – I imagine you probably didn't love it if you walked away from it after a year. I know some of those Real Housewives projects are very difficult for people. And we've been talking about acting and craft, and this is not
1: that. Well, that's why, you know, I was intrigued to do it because I was going into Uncharted Waters. And I've been blessed to at that point, been in the game for 40 years. So the idea of Uncharted Waters is very sexy to me, very – intriguing, um, very um, adventurous, you know, and so uh, being able to do that show and bring my brand um, to the show, my brand of humanity, my brand of lifestyle, my brand of relationships and parenting, all that. Um, and I was, I, you know, people, it's funny when they say, you know, well, you didn't fit in. I wasn't supposed to fit in. If, if everybody you hung with was just like you, that'd be kind of boring. Sure, That's why you hang out with people who are different, whether it's colleagues or neighbors or people from church, whatever it may be. Uh, so we did what we came to do, and we were only to do it for one year. I got other things to do. I'm not a reality <laughs> star. I'm a working actor and director and producer. So, you know, we did what we came to do.
0: So you did the one year. I mean, Mm -hmm. that show—they don't want class. You see, very classy. (laughs) They don't want class. Class is boring to them.
1: I, I, I didn't say that. And um, there, there are you know those there who who do have that. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. You're the best.
0: (laughs) Why'd you? Yeah. Why was it only one year? Why'd you say no to the second year?
1: Because it was—that's all we were willing to do when was we it, started. Was it
0: always just one year?
1: Absolutely, because again, I had—I couldn't commit. But I'm sure, they were that, like, so. "Come on, come back.
0: We'll give you more money." And you're like, "No."
1: No, it was really just kind of a, a you know, a one and done. You know, Brett Favre with the Jets kind of vibe. <laughs> You love me so much right now for that.
0: (laughs) Oh God, it's painful. It's painful. You know, couldn't have been you know what Lamelo Lavar Ball with the UCLA. I am a Brett
1: Favre fan. That's what you. you, Oh my goodness, what?
0: Why (gasps) Brett Favre of all people?
1: Oh, I just, I his work ethic was Mm -hmm. just amazing, and he's just so talented. Mm -hmm. You know, and just. Just as you know, just still, no matter how successful he got, um, he was still a dude from Kiln, Mississippi, and just, mm-hmm. just you know, that's that's who I am, and that's that, what I do.
0: That just cowboy gunslinger, yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh, and that rifle man. Oh man, he could throw. Yeah, good night. He could throw. Yeah. and I was there uh, when they when they won the Super Bowl uh, in New Orleans. I happened to have been there then. Um, but I just I just felt like he was about it. You know, and he, here's the thing, to me, athletes are just so interesting because it's something that they've started doing when they were children. Mm -hmm. And then when you see those athletes who, that little spark in their eye that they loved about that sport when they were kids, when you can still see that in the grown-up version of them, Mm -hmm. I relate Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this since I was seven. Mm-hmm. And yet you can still see that sparkle in my eye, that little bit of I still love doing this, that passion in your belly. And so I think I, I just kind of related to him he, in, in that regard. He
0: def- I mean, I see what you mean. He definitely yeah. plays with that that sandlot backyard, yes. like I'm gonna drop the play on my hand, <laughs> right. run deep, yeah. and I'm gonna throw right. it and just catch it. Yep. And it's not the sort of professionalized. Yeah. Tom Brady seems very professional. Is he doing what he did as a kid? I don't think so. <laughs> right, but 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 when you talk about like Brett Favre, it definitely yes. feels like I'm gonna throw it as far as I can, and yes. you run as fast as you can, and you get it.
1: Right, right, right. There's something very pure and honest about it, mm-hmm. and that's what we start out talking about with acting. There's a purity. There's an honesty to it that that transcends a lot of the other layers that come into it. The business side and the practice and the rehearsals and the class and all that stuff, you know, that that it just it, it, it just the, the passion transforms you from all of that.
0: Well, who else is there in your mind Who's like that? No, Brett why you, Favre. why you reference
1: my mind like that? Well, no, I mean just, just no, no, I,
0: <laughs> no. I completely agree with you on the Brett Favre okay. analogy. Mm-hmm. So, in the mind of Kim, who is who is also in that pantheon of people who are are like Brett in that way of like they bring play to it. So you're mm-hmm. like, I'm excited to watch you play.
1: Mm. In terms of athletes, or in terms of anybody, um. Fred Hammond, when he picks up his axe, mm. when Fred gets his bass, I mean, I, and I tell him all the time, bro, I just, I love when you get your strings and you just, because, now Fred may not have started when he was a kid, but he's just been doing it for a very long time. Um, and you see that, that passion just, it's so internal. It's, it's him and his, it's, it's him and his guitar. Um Wynton Marcellus. Marcellus. Mm. I saw, I saw, I've had, I've had the the pleasure of seeing him perform a few different times. Um, one of the times that will, we'll, I'll never forget was at the um, home going for Ruby D, mm. and it was already a very emotional time and he played this piece that was just so raw and, and and you could see that it was just it was one of those pieces that seemed to be um kind of from from his soul from his nolan soul from his his just just again that he probably learned it when he was a kid mm-hmm. and if he didn't learn it then he'd heard it then you know what i mean um and so that 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 same thing of this is transcending all the other stuff and it's just it's so pure and honest, Mm -hmm. you know, right now. So.
0: But uh, within all that also, do you, do you look at people like Jodie Foster and Liz Taylor and Macaulay Culkin, mm -hmm. who were like, I was a child star Mm -hmm. transitioned to an adult star. Mm -hmm. And you feel a kinship with those sort of folks.
1: You know, it's funny. I ran into Fred Savage uh, the other night at SNL Mm -hmm. and um, we were standing in the hallway chatting for a minute and there's definitely that sentiment of of kindred spirits there you know now he was in a whole different space because he had just worked with my sister alexis recently and directed her in a pilot uh, and just was going on and on and on but once we got you know past that and we were talking about producing and directing and acting and just you know there was no reference to when we were kids cuz we didn't know each other as kids right. but but there is just that sense of even even when we hugged each other hello and goodbye that sense of you know we're we're we're, we're in this small beautiful handful the club of yeah I- exactly exactly and you know you referenced Jodie Foster she was definitely one of my heroes growing up you know because she um was the the child actor went to college she was one of the reasons one of the inspirations for me to go to college um to have the backup plan, to direct, and, and all of those things.
0: What about, like, Brooke Shields, about you similar, like, goes to Princeton, like Tatum O'Neill? Yeah,
1: all, all of them. You know, because it was, I'm not just going to rest on either, like, with Brooke, she was a model, so I'm not just going to rest on my looks, or with uh, Jody and Tatum, that they were, you know, these cute, quirky kids. Um, and it became, no, I, I want to be about something beyond this. And I I don't know that it was that analytical for me because, again, I was a kid too. Right. But I do know that there was a definitive sentiment of I'm not going to be a has-been at 18. And I'm not going to be a statistic. My village has poured too much into me for me to go out like that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The sense of the village mm-hmm. has given you so much and mm-hmm. i have to do something i mean i was filled with that in high school mm-hmm. from knowing about our history and how many people had died yes. for you to be here mm-hmm. and i remember being in college and being like well if i was white it'd be cool to just like be in the cia and be badass but mm-hmm. i need to do something more for <laughs> black people than that mm-hmm. um and I remember first getting on television and the way that my parents had looked up to, like, Max Robinson mm. and other people. Oh, I'm
1: going to get be, you pulling that name out.
0: Who had been on yes, TV. My, my dad, when he, Max Robinson, once came to oh. Boston and somehow my dad was in charge of like picking him up from the from the airport and driving mm-hmm. him to wherever he had to go. Yeah. And um um there was Jim Boyd was a big news yeah. anchor in Boston, in Boston and they sure. they looked up to him so much and they didn't even say like be like him right. but it was clear that so it was like I remember the first days sitting on the couch at CNN and being like I can't be making jokes. I can't mm-hmm. be being silly here. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be like serious yeah, because intense, this yeah. matters. There's not a million of us on TV right. getting this. And just even Sue, I'm sure you see it, you know, like I think about a group I call like the aunties. Usually older. I better than
1: not being that.
0: No, no, not okay. at all. Not at all. But you you receive this too, right? <laughs> okay. Of of generally older black women but also older black men. Uh-huh. Um, Who are like, you know, thank you, you made us look good, you know, like, and, and, you know, you made me proud what you did. And I'm like, for a younger, from a younger person, that's great. But from an older person, who's like, I remember when there weren't that many of us. I remember Julia. Right? Yeah, of course, <laughs> right of course right course, when yes. Diane Carroll was that's on right. and Rem my mom was like yeah. and we called the day we're like oh <laughs> she's on and and what it meant to be on tv and mm-hmm. be representing the race well
1: yes and how
0: important it is to them and then like meant a lot to me to get that love from them mm-hmm. and like okay I, I you know there's a responsibility here that's
1: right that's right yeah there's a uh what is now becoming an iconic photograph of myself with red Fox mm. and I'm maybe eight or nine because it's, I believe it was pre of life and he's got his arm around me and big old cigarette <laughs> and the way he's, he's, his, his countenance, the way he's regarding me in this photo. And I remember how proud he was of myself and Todd Bridges. And he bought both of us ATV motorbikes. And he was just so proud of us. And of course, you know, when you're a kid, and because he was Red Fox, and you don't have that real. I mean, we knew Sanford and some, but we didn't know the the full breadth and depth of Red Fox. Because so much of his career was, you know, not for kids. Um, Yep. um, But I'm so glad that 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 moment was captured because of exactly what you're saying, T, that it was that sense of those who have come before who's passing the baton, whether they want to give it to us or throw it at us or it's being (laughs) taken from them, baton exchange is still happening to a certain degree. And for him, it was almost that sense of, okay, we got some. Okay. All right. I don't mm-hmm. have to fight so hard right now. I don't have to work so hard right now. Mm-hmm. And it it, it it really is extraordinary to have that that sentiment.
0: I always ask people, what is the hardest thing creatively, professionally, that you have had to overcome?
1: The hardest thing. Um Probably being so analytical um, because there's a lot that comes with that, that has tentacles to it, Um, that has insecurities that you still, you know, you you get more and more grown so you know how to deal with them. Um, There's, there's, I I don't have a fear of like being a has-been, um, I don't have a fear of 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 falling into traps that people in my industry or my part of the industry fall into, um, but I, I I guess I just have that that sense maybe like most people of just not working, um. And I know that's kind of bizarre to say because there's so many outlets, there's so many platforms and. And that's part of what really pushes me is that sense of be about it i can I can make it <laughs> if lifetime hadn't caught I would have made another Christmas special and put it on IGTV, and i g t v and they had to ask nobody for nothing um so so there's that wonderful sense of there's so many outlets now that that you can really do the work, do the work, do the work and i have I was telling a friend I have such a um insatiable work ethic. I mean, my, my thirst for, for work. I'm not a workaholic though, I'm not a workaholic. Um, but I just have such a passion for what I do and I enjoy it very much. So I think for me as a creative, the ability, the, the, the not doing it is, is kind of a, I don't, I don't really operate in fear, but it's just something that <clears throat> keeps me motivated.
0: hmm What are, um, some of your goals for the next few years, what do you want to achieve?
1: I'm finding that doing this movie really propelled me unexpectedly into a new element, into a new season. It's really fueled me um, in so many unexpected spaces and and places and and ways. And and what I call the nooks and crannies of, of my being, um, and so, you know, really tapping into a, who I am as an adventurer, as an explorer, um, tapping into who I am as, um, a creative, like, like next level. So my goals are being open. You know, my goals are living outside of my comfort zone more and more. Um, not being reckless. Come on. I'm somebody's mama. <laughs> um, you know, I, come on! I'm somebody's kid, <laughs> um, but but just that 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 sense of spirit and that spent that that sense of carpe diem. You know that sense of of seize not just the day but every moment of the day. You know, and and that's 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 where I am. And so whatever goals come out of being in this space, some of them have not yet been revealed to me you know but i'm 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 going i wo baby i'm going
0: if you were hanging out wherever barney's in la whatever and some producer stopped by and was like that boy of yours is so beautiful and so perfect. I want to put him in a show. Mm-hmm. And he got the opportunity to do
1: mm-hmm.
0: what you did. Mm-hmm. We're going to have him a recurring role in a big-time mm-hmm. sitcom, prime time. Would you say, yes, let's do it. I know how to shape it. Or hell no. I can't have him oh, get on the absolutely,
1: road. let's go. If he wants to. And that's either of them. Either of them, you know. Um, our oldest boys developed a, a wonderful uh, a pitch deck from um, a video game that he likes to play. Uh, and so, you know, again, I encourage that. Okay, not, no, that's, that's not going to happen. How dare you? Don't you ever. You guide your child with wisdom and yet be open and God have mercy, don't let your fears go, go don't project your fears onto your kids, mm-hmm. you know. Our our kids love animals and and paleontology and 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 just all things animals. So you know, what if I was one of those moms that's like, "Oh, I'm scared of snakes. I'm not taking you there." <laughs> no, don't don't let your been, fears limit you, your kids. But you've
0: been there, and and your experience seems, by and large, to have been really positive. And mm-hmm. you look back in your childhood with positive memories, and your mm-hmm. mom was able to shape you. And some people will be like, "No, I would not allow my kid to go down the road that I went down," but you're like, "No, yes. we we know how to manage it."
1: Very much so. If we didn't if I was a, a hot mess then no, that would just be a but that's a generational curse. We ain't doing that. <laughs> I, 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 no, but um definitely we know how to, you know, navigate and and we've helped other people and other families. So, we definitely know how to, but the main thing is worked what out for do you, you want to do? It yeah, is not and worked out for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely, and but my journey won't be their journey, true, and my path won't be their path. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, well, what do you want to do? And if this is that, what when Chris and I decided to start our family, we had said, our job t- is to you know help to expose them to all the great things that the world has to offer and then see what is God calling them to do, and then help to be the village, the vessel, the cornerstone to help them navigate through that, whatever it may be.
0: I always ask people what is your superpower and you have made it through many decades in a difficult field um still working still thriving so what is the superpower that has allowed you to make it
1: tenacity I don't let anything stop me I I just I just don't now if there's wisdom involved and I'm trying to you know somebody says do it this way or you know, that sort of thing. But but um, mm-mm. I don't I don't just sit down and take anything.
0: Thanks to Kim for a great interview and thanks to you for listening. Torrey Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. I'm on Twitter at Torrey and on Instagram at Toray Show. Please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps. And tell your friends about the show. Torrey Show is written by me, Toray, and produced by Jackie Garofano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall, and our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington. We're distributed by DCP Entertainment, and you better believe we will be back next Wednesday, no doubt, with another amazing guest, because the man can't shut us down.